Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you... What's up, guys? Welcome to Breaking Walls, episode number 43. My name is James Scully. Today on Breaking Walls, I sit down with Lena Gonzalez for a chat about why fear is a good thing and how we can do things to better center ourselves and face those fear-based vulnerabilities and move forward in our lives. Lena is my former Wallbreaker cohort. She had a tremendous hand in redoing and relaunching the Wallbreaker community between July of 2014 and February of 2015. We talk about some of the things that went into that. This all happened because Lena and I sat down and recorded Breaking Walls episode number two. And we get into how our relationship has changed over that time, how it's grown closer, how it's become probably more intense in some ways when you work that closely with somebody on relaunching something like an entire art community. It's also a really good chat because Lena has done so many things in the last few years to find her own sense of center, and she goes into the things that she uses and the experiences that she's had in order to better gauge where she's at in the present tense. As I always say, you can get these podcasts by going to soundcloud.com slash thewallbreakers. You can find us on iTunes by searching for The Wallbreakers. If you're going to do either of those things, please rate us, review us. If you got some nasty comments to say, let me have it. I want to hear it. If you got good things to say, I want to hear that as well. Your feedback helps push these things forward. It helps give me new ideas. And it helps let us know that we're all part of this community. It's the middle of October. The theme for this month on The Wall Breakers is fear, which comes from Halloween. So you'll notice that the podcast in this month and any of the editorial content centers around this time of year, be it the Halloween holiday, be it the fact that autumn is in full swing. I'm seeing right now as I look outside my window a whole plethora of colors in trees across the street. It's quite beautiful. And as we head into the winter season, in my opinion, October is a great month to not only face those fears that we have in our lives, but maybe also have some fun with them at the same time. Because truthfully, guys, it's just life. It's not that serious. We're going to be five years older. We're going to be 10 years older. And we'll look back on the things that really bother us right now and wonder why they even did so in the first place. So I'm going to keep this chat with you on this intro right here. I like to keep these short, as you know, because I want to get right into the conversation with Lena Gonzalez, especially that her and I have such a strong, easy chemistry when we speak with each other like that, and I want you guys to hear it. So stay tuned for Breaking Walls episode number 43 right after this brief pause. What's up, guys? Back on Breaking Walls, and my guest today is my friend Lena Gonzalez, who was a guest on Breaking Walls episode number two. You are the stay out of the basement guest. That's Goosebumps book number two, stay out of the basement. I like it. <laughs> um, knowing you, I felt like October was a really good time to sit down and talk with you, just based on your personality and your love of macabre things and things like that, but also because... When you and I were sitting and going over how to rebrand the community two years ago, the first topic that we hit on was that October should be all about facing fears somehow. Mm -hmm. So I want to welcome you. 
Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to chat and I don't know, get some awesome insights. Sure. It's strange, you know, we're sitting on a couch right now looking at each other. Um before I talk with you a couple of years ago, when you came over and we spoke <clears throat> for Breaking Walls episode number two, before I had even I was just recording interviews at that point. Uh that day had a profound effect on my life because it took my life and our, first of all, I would have considered us like good acquaintances before then. Like we were, yeah. you were very close friends with Javen. So was I, we knew each other really well, Yeah, but not from like a, you and I like sitting and talking like this mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So I actually, well, thank you for one, because I know that the amount of work that we did from the planning to the execution of redoing the wall breakers in 2014 since that time whether it be at work or something else when a project comes across my way I don't feel like how am I going to do this mm. because you know that was something that you and I sat we yeah. planned we figured out even today like two years later every once in a while I have an idea like oh I should try to implement that whatever that that is and now you have like a process or like yeah. a framework to be like okay this doesn't feel monumental anymore. I can break it down into chunks and like get started like one piece at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Also, awesome. you know, like some of that stuff we sat and we did the homework on already. Like it doesn't have to be rethought through. Even the, the things like I believe very strongly in that editorial calendar that we set up where each month has a theme and that theme ties into a holiday. Not fr- just from the sense of it being an editorial calendar, but because I think we stumbled upon something when we figured that out as to like maybe at one point in time, you know, when life was different, you know, 200, 300, how many ever hundred years ago, people were more consciously celebrating certain things based on seasons and things like that. And it had yeah. a deeper meaning. And by like, if you look at say like Valentine's Day, we said meant vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the core theme. And the next month is St. Patty's Day mm-hmm. is a holiday in the month. And that core theme is serendipity and it's very true that if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and we put ourselves out there serendipity does happen yeah and it's strange that that would happen like right around you know spring and you know if that makes sense like in terms of like a yearly arc Mm -hmm. anyway i i wanted to like immediately bring that up and say thank you because thank you for like uh just being like really open and like diving in and uh, just being my partner, partner in this, because I think it's like, in my like life and working experience, it's just really hard to first ha- one have like a really good like working chemistry with someone, and two, like working with someone who, uh, yeah, like the best word I can I can think of is like your partner, like there you can bounce ideas off of them. Uh, you can build ideas together. Um, like, you're not alone, basically. You're not working on something alone. And, like, the weight of something is not just on you. It's distributed with someone else. And, like, that that was something that I, th- I think was, like, really awesome. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I will say, actually... While you said, you know, being so open, I am way more of an open person today than I was two years ago or even a year and a half ago, right around February when we had put the new community out there. And I think in relaunching the community, 
it took on a different need in my life in the sense that it made me more confident and I don't have to put out 30 articles a week for people to care or yeah, yeah. or even if you know it's just like quality over quantity exactly, and, and it just yeah. made me more open in general awesome but now with that being said because I just spent 70% of that time talking and I'm, this is about you you launched the Neon Black right around the same time mm-hmm. and um, I've never really sat and talked with you about everything that went into you and I doing that the emotions behind it and you know, even the fact that we have a, a very different relationship mm-hmm. than we did before yeah. then. As you look back on those moments in your life, and not because you're talking to me for the wall breakers, like, yeah. whatever whatever the answer is, I'm curious what kind of an effect that have on your life then? Because I know that since that time, the way you've gone about looking for work, the way you've gone about running a, an, essentially like an Instagram slash Tumblr slash fashion community in the neon black and how you will get into this because I want to, but we started to talk a few weeks ago about, you know, you're moving towards monetizing parts of, of these passions of yours. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious what kind of changes have happened then in your life, not actually because yeah, yeah. of wall breakers, but in that um, time. Oh man. Uh, like the wall breakers and on onward. Um, a lot. I so that was like two years ago. Two and a, yeah. Two, wow. July of two thousand and fourteen. Oh my was when god! We first I can't. Set. I can't believe that. Like that yeah. time just flies. Um. Well, man, where do I start? I f- feel like our project together gave me a lot of confidence myself too. Um. Because. In my professional life, and I feel like the professional also ties into the personal, I wasn't feeling so confident in, like, my knowledge base or, like, my abilities. Um, consciously, like, I knew that, like, I'm capable, um, I'm, I'm good, or at least there are people that think I'm good, um, but I felt like not... I didn't always receive that feedback in my immediate environment. Um, so I feel like working on the wall breakers was a chance to uh, experiment, but also to like take risks, like take more. It's a safe space to like take risks. And um, I ended up using like tools that I learned from like previous jobs and using um, like steps and like things that I learned basically in this project. And I realized like, oh, I am capable. Like I am good. Like I actually absorbed everything. Like I just, yeah, I don't know what's what, what that was about. So I think what I got from that was definitely like, okay, trust yourself. Like you got this. Um, what else did I get? Um, again, like collaboration or like what really good collaboration looks like. Um, and so aside from the wall breakers two years ago. Um, but where is the inspiration beside? Well, I mean, I, I, I guess I know a little bit, obviously. Yeah. But the neon black specifically. The neon black? Um... 
The neon black started when I was at a, like a digital product design agency and I felt like an alien there. Um, not because of like the actual work itself, but um, you know, there, I feel like sometimes it's important to like find a culture that works for you. And, and in that situation, I just happened to be in a culture that wasn't a, a good fit, which is totally fine. Um, but in the moment, uh, yeah, I just, I felt very like alien. Um, like I have blue hair, I have tattoos. Um, like I am a certain flavor of person that just felt uh, like it didn't belong in the everyday spaces that I was in. So on top of that, just dealing with um, like personal stuff, like mental health um, issues. And so that made me feel even more like isolated and mm-hmm. alone. So I made the neon black because um, I have an interest in fashion, but I, I feel like it goes a little deeper than that. It's more the fashion to me or is more talking about um, like more about your personality and more about your lifestyle. And I feel like the neon black was my response to be like, yo, I am different. Like I am weird and like I embrace it. You know, I am human. I have flaws. There's things that like I'm working on. But if you relate to this, like you're not alone. And, you know, you should cherish your differences and and cherish the things that others might, you know, frown upon. Um, So that's that's like the meat and potatoes of of what started that and and why I still like work on it today. I wonder if as artists, you know, you and I, we we know each other from college. I wonder, you know, I wonder if, like, people saw you and I on a street. I think maybe today, more than 10 years ago, we would look like, yeah, these two people would be friends with each other. Just visually, I mean. Mm -hmm. But I also wonder, you know, like, I can speak for me personally, but I think it's true for almost anybody who goes to art school. You go to art school because you know that the right brain world that you see around you is not really what fits. And I don't think anybody's totally left-brained or right-brained or anything like that. But then you go out into the work world and... Well, one, you're being art directed by right brain people. Mm. But two, you know, we're speaking off air about how in, in New York, essentially, it's about making money. And the, the need to make money often takes the place of the need to experiment and the need to grow because that, that's like long term. Eventually, this turns into something. Yeah. But if you need $100 today, you don't care about, well, I'll get it in six months if I just stay on this path. Because, yeah. And that's a lot of ways. So I guess what I'm saying is I know very much what it feels like to be isolated and also an alien. Um, and I wonder if, like, if, if everybody feels that way sometimes. I, I think sometimes facing a fear, the hardest thing, you know, like if you'd say you were unhappy at a job... Uh, I think you had to maybe come, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, maybe come to terms with the fact that, like, 
you had to put yourself out there basically. Mm. Like, I don't have the answer right now. Mm. I have to actually be more vulnerable, even though that feels really scary to me because I feel like I'm being vulnerable every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. You, you might disagree. Uh, but it seems like by putting yourself out there, you realize like, oh, the answers are a little bit more clear or, oh, I, I have worth. Like, look at me, yeah. I have worth. But not yeah. like, look at me, like, please look at me. Yeah. But like, I almost think maybe the neon black for you and a lot like the wall breakers was for me is almost like an exercising of frustrations and creativity in a lot of ways is an exercising yeah. of frustrations, you know? Yeah. I, I like to call it like an exercise and exercising your demons. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, even like we're talking about progress and... I feel like there's always this need for perfection around here and that's that doesn't nothing there's no such thing as perfection. Yeah. Progress is very real, you know. Yeah. Okay. You spoke to me a few weeks ago about um well you're going to monetize something or you you on the side. What is that? Um I recently so it's a project uh that the seed was planted in college. Uh, one of my professors, Justin Fines, um, he, one of our assignments was basically to make um, like a love letter in a series of three. Mm-hmm. And um, that was one of my, I had many favorite projects, but that was one, definitely one of them um, in which I made a series of like three cards and each card um, had like an individual like message and then when you had all three cards together it said one complete yep. like sentence mm-hmm. I remember this um, and sometimes like after after college after I graduated college like I would show them to friends and stuff like that and they'd be like oh this is so beautiful like you should you should like sell them and I'm like no way like I don't have time it, it takes so much time to, like, print these and make these by hand. And, like, uh, you know, where am I going to sell it? Like, I, it's just not, it's not going to happen. Um, and then two years ago, I, I showed it to a friend again. My friend knew me. And she's like, dude, like, yeah, these need to, you need to make something like this. And, again, I was just like, yo, I don't have money or time, like, I literally have to hand make each one of these and she presented this idea that I actually like didn't even entertain before but uh, she was just like you don't need to like make it by hand you can actually um, look for printers who can like produce it for you and I was like what wait yeah what I know I know that but like whoa yes like yes um so uh, we had that, I think that conversation like two, two, three years ago. And finally, like after thinking about it for a while, doing research, you know, uh, pinning images to like Pinterest, like f- collecting inspiration, I finally like this year was just like, okay, this is the time. Like I got to do it. Um, so wait, let me stop you for a second. Yeah. What about now made you decide that now was the right time? Now? Um, well, this is going back to, uh, fear and the Halloween season. Um, uh, this is going to get dark, but we're going to die one day, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, I just didn't want to procrastinate on this anymore. 
Um, also conquering your fear. Sometimes you have fear of not necessarily failure, but of success. Sometimes fear of um, just putting so much time and energy into something and then like the return just not being there. And I think ultimately that's what Is that just like the weight of expectations? Yeah, I was putting, I think, way too much expectations on myself to like get this awesome out the gate, which is why like I delayed it for so long. And then I just became more mature and and realized like, yo, like that, that doesn't really matter. Just start, like that's really important. Just start anywhere on anything. Um, So yeah. What is the fear? Is it? Like a fear of of judgment, you know. Is it just like the ha ha? Yeah. Like, are, are we still as you know, almost thirty year old adults? This is maybe a rhetorical question, but is that really what, like to not do something to not put ourselves out there? Is that still like what? Is it like playground stuff? Um. Yeah, I think there's a component of that. Um. I don't feel that too too much anymore. I'm trying to like, you know, dust that away. Mm-hmm. Um, but there definitely there there definitely is like the comparison part to it. Like for example, um, another thing that like fired me up was just seeing other people doing something similar to what I was working on. Not exactly the same, but like they're in the same niche. So my, my cards are more for people who have like a, a dark taste to life. Um, so they're, they're, these cards are all black um, and are have some sort of beautiful like ornate uh, gothic design to it. And uh, yeah, I would often see um, one, of, one of my favorite brands within that niche is um, Fiendies. So what they make is they laser etch um, Ouija boards and they're beautifully done it's like um, basically it's it's all black wood and then the etching is like this beautiful like ornate um, design and they have a very high bar so I was just kind of like okay like more fear of I won't be able to like be in the same room with them more fear of like you know, why am I wasting my time? Because now you're suddenly not unique and not good enough? Not good enough. That's the one. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. And you realize, I guess, rationally too, that, you know, that's not me saying that to you. That's you saying exactly. that to you. Exactly, Even if yeah. there's like, you know, upbringing stuff from childhood that like drives that kind of stuff into our heads. I think at some point, it's like, we're way, like not way too old, but like, it's almost like, Oh wow! I have lots of life experience. All of a sudden, I don't really have to be afraid of anything at this point. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What is it also about the gray reality of working in a place where you're not a good fit that drives? You know, like I don't think there's a book. It's called Tribal Leadership. I read it a few years ago. Now it's your favorite. It's not. It's just <laughs> something that I have in a quote all the time. And, and level one is life sucks, and level two mm. is my life sucks. It's still an improvement because you realize That's that there's the a better life out there. Well, these are just like oh. the, the, the themes of, of the... And then level three would be, fuck that, I'm better than this? Yeah, yeah. Did you have that kind of a moment at your job when you knew you were a, a poor fit and 
you were feeling probably like you didn't have a lot of self-worth because of that because whatever whatever rigid you know structure that th- that was there you just weren't fitting in with it mm-hmm. and i did you get to a point where you were suddenly like all right fuck this i need to like get the hell out of here um i think it for me um during that time i was working on a lot of personal stuff and I think it's true in like any relationship with anyone like if you have low self-worth yourself how that it's the projection exactly like it 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 reflects itself in your environment and so not only was I feeling down on myself but you know the environment also contributed to that um, so I was basically attacking myself inside mm-hmm. and out. Um, so, sorry, I don't, I don't. No, I, I, don't I actually, this. no, I, 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 don't, um, I remember that. Time. Yeah. We, it was while we were working on the wall breakers. I, I guess like what eventually happened was, or what eventually like brought closure to that situation was, um, yeah, like making, making the hard decision, um. I was like, one is like telling yourself the truth, right? Sure. Like, um, or acknowledging truth. Um, uh, I feel like some people uh, deny their emotions. Like, oh, like we're in a culture today in which um, there's an overemphasis on being happy, on like. Um, doing the right thing and um, ironically I think that's a little toxic because it denies the validity of like your emotions and not all emotions are positive so I think that's what was happening I was just like um this is not working out but I can power through this like no problem like I'll just work harder and and uh, talk to my boss and just try to figure out a solution to like make this happen like I know that these are the feelings I feel but whatever like I can I can work through this like I'm a tough cookie um and after a while I was just like okay no like let's let's tell the truth like I'm feeling very like fragile right now and um I don't feel good when I come in I don't feel like I deliver my best and uh and like that's that's actually okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. What's not okay um is when you're in that state when you get um like emotionally abused. Uh Well, you do kind of in some ways you bring it on yourself yeah. because you're projecting that out and people see you as You are, but I think, sorry, to tie that back in, even though, like, you say people like, yo, things are not jiving, it's also puts the ball on their court in a way it's their response. As much as it's your responsibility, it's their response. It's 50-50. Exactly, to know how to handle that or to at least be gentle with it. Anyway, sorry, long tangent. Basically, we both concluded, like, it wasn't a good fit. Um, I was really sad, but ultimately, like, in my gut, I knew it was the right thing. 
and um, it 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 was fine actually. Like I I left. We we separated amicably, uh, peacefully, and um, you know I I keep in touch with a lot of my ex coworkers. And after that job, I believe three weeks later I got a phone call and another like job appeared. So. Um, ultimately, I think that was that was the right thing. Yeah. What do you think it is about for you personally? I know you as somebody who um, you believe in in meaning. You know, so I think and maybe other people just mask it because I think probably everybody wants to believe in something mm-hmm. you know bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but specifically with you, I know you as someone who. If you're going to spend 40 plus hours a week doing something, you want it to have some sort of semblance of meaning, either for you personally, a greater thing in the world. When you work for a company, and this is a different company, that claims to be doing publicly that kind of yeoman's work, where like, no, this life is important, let's do things the right way, let's be conscious, let's teach people. But internally, they're disorganized. Is that almost worse to be a part of? Like, is it worse to be part of a lie? Or is it worse to be a part of just a shitty situation where people are like, this sucks and you know it and we don't care? Like, I guess, like, me, I guess what I mean is if you work for a place and it's the kind of place where they want you to drink the Kool Aid, but it's not the flavor that you want to drink, how do you handle that? How did you handle that? Um, uh, it's, it's tough because I feel like it's contextual. Um, another thing, again, I, I keep going back to like, know thyself sort of thing. Um, in that sometimes that narrative is just your narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've recognized now that actually that story is a really strong one with me that has followed me basically throughout my entire life. Is that they don't understand me? Is exactly. That... Like, I'm the outsider. I'm the weirdo. Um, is that And so that's just a way to guard against vulnerability? It's a way... It, yeah. It's a way to, like... Yeah, guard yourself. Um, and I know that there is that component with the neon black... Um, like my my blog but um, I I try to turn it around in the sense that it's just like you know embrace yourself and understand the differences in others like you're not alone basically Um, but sorry to go back to what you were saying like I've recognized recently within the past couple years that this is a story that I tell myself so the trick is to make sure like you know, the, in this work environment, if it's just not working out, is it true? Like, is it, is it like, I need to check in with myself. Am I? Right. Are you trying to make it not work out? Or? Yeah. Right. Like, um, or am I trying to make it work out because right. of what I'm telling myself? Um, and it's, yeah. So, but you will encounter situations where it's just like, it's not, the culture is different than, than you. And I think that's um that varies in degrees um it depends on i guess your personal values too right 
if um, you really care about integrity, chances are you won't like um, when a company doesn't do like doesn't do what it preaches basically. So that won't be a good fit for you. But if that's not like on the top of the list for you in terms of a value, then you might oversee that and be like, there's basically there's things that you can tolerate and some things that you won't. Basically to answer that question, I think it's like contextual and just check in with yourself and what's important to you. Do you, um, do you believe now that you're better at my, I actually said this in the last recording, and it's true again today. My grandmother gave me advice once, and it's good advice. And it's you can't be all things to all people. Yeah, exactly. Which essentially means you need to be you for you first, and not in a selfish way. Yeah. But how could you be a good lover or you know a good mother or a good employee if you can't be a good Lena for Lena first, right? And, yeah. But along those lines, do you think? the more vulnerability you allow in your life, the easier it is, one, to recognize bad situations for what they truly are, and also maybe to, like, prioritize what you have to give a crap about at the same time. Like, yeah. you can't care about everything. And yeah. sometimes people are buttheads, you know? Yeah. And that could just be them on Tuesday, you know? Yeah. And if you... Another thing I saw recently was, like, if you had however many dollars, you know, and somebody took 10 of them from you, if it was a lot of dollars... Would you really care? Well, that's the same thing because there's this many minutes in a day or seconds in a day if somebody isn't angry with you for 10 seconds. Like, mm -hmm. don't let it ruin your whole day Yeah. type thing. Yeah. As somebody who I'm, you know, who had a history previously of bottling up your emotions, the notion of allowing yourself to be free, how has that improved how you, you know, and we were talking about this now, yeah. but... When you recognize these situations, what are the like? What are the signs that, you, not necessarily that you're looking for, but the things that subconsciously, good or bad, they click in more quickly because you've seen them multiple times mm -hmm. and you trust your own instincts now. Um, I don't know that I really have a question here. Oh, other than um, like I guess what, how how you can I guess speak your mind more, be yourself more. Yeah. Or, or how do you how did how are you trusting yourself more? Is there a process oh, that you go through to recognize um, things? There, there isn't a process, but um, how do I trust myself more? Um, one, uh, I tend to over-intellectualize. So I guess the first thing I do is just honestly not think about it. Um, I can, because I think so much, I can honestly just think up a reason for anything. Okay. Um, so on the first... Sure, I know yeah, exactly what that's Yeah, like. so... Yeah, like the first thing is just honestly, don't think too much about it. Um, two, uh, this this one's hard to describe. Um, one, some would call it like intuition. Some would call it like a gut check, checking in with your feelings. Um, it's more getting like a read of the vibe. And um, three, just like what it's almost as the third point is almost like improv, where in improv, um, when you do exercises, you're supposed to say what's the first thing that comes to mind. And 
often during those exercises, if this is the first time doing improv, you're going to be like, oh shit, like I shouldn't have said that. Or like, oh, there's this other thing I should have said that was smarter than that. Those thoughts, those critique thoughts, thoughts need to basically go away and whatever you said like comes out. And enough times, if you practice that with improv, you you it eventually starts like coming together and gelling and like making sense. So, um, because is that just like is what you're saying essentially like have confidence that the first thing that comes to your mind is usually the truest emotion or yeah 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 maybe yeah um not necessarily like literally not having a filter and like being inappropriate and stuff like that um but i feel like we put a lot of guardrails we we really think a lot about like oh how do i appear to these people like what is my relationship and you're with looking them? inward the whole time yeah like uh, you know is this socially acceptable like Probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. One, like, trust that you're not going to say... I mean, one, you have to trust yourself that you're not Donald Trump. Like, you're not going to say the most disgusting, lewd things ever in which people will be like, yo, what the fuck? Um, so trust yourself that you're not going to reach... Like, we... we fear things in a way that, like, aren't real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think it's perceived judgment like over there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like we we fear things that aren't real um and I think that's just like another thing too to like recognize like yo, you're afraid you're going to look bad. Like there are people way worse than you that say stuff that's and don't care. That's Yeah, and don't you. care. Like you're fine. Chances are whatever you say and do are within the like confines of like okay you know fineness yeah so um i think that just having an understanding of that i know that i'm a chatty kathy <laughs> like always i can't shut up like ever since that's I'm a, a good trait kid. though i sometimes wish i was like that well you know sometimes i make jokes at work and things like that and i some and then immediately i'm like why why did i say that joke like but it's yeah. never like obviously like you're saying you might say certain things that are a little of color, but they're never going to be lewd and vulgar to yeah. a point. It's like, why would you even say that? You know? Yeah. And it made me realize at some point that, like, if people want to judge me, whether, you know, even if it affects my bank account, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just going to be me. And yeah. if you have a problem with that, let's talk about it. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, maybe I was being a jerk. And yeah. I'm, I'm human. I apologize. I'm more conscious about yeah. it now, etc. If you don't want to talk about it, then that's on you. And I don't really mm. care because I'm just going to keep going about being me. And I wonder if, and I could be wrong, but I wonder if like that's that's the good balance and how to like, because you, you just mentioned we spend so much of our lives looking inward. Mm. How am I perceived? Mm. Or like, how do I compare to other people? Or... Right. And and, yeah. it, and it develops like a lack of trust in the self because exactly. you never trust that like this is true now. Yeah. Like your plaid shirt and blue hair and and black Especially, leggings is yeah. is you today. Like as opposed to you know, should, should I look like this or something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially with like the the advent of like social media, it's more, it's more, it's like more facile to not 
be connected to those things. I find that social media is like a clear-cut way to be a voyeur for your own life. Yeah. Like you spend all this time looking at it, but you're not... It's essentially like life pornography in a yeah. way. You know what I mean? It's or like, like you're life not actually, advertisement. Right, like, yeah. Look at my curated, perfect coffee. Yeah, and it's just like it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. All of it, excuse me. But it no, really totally is. Fine. You know, this is your podcast. And what you said just a few minutes ago, if I can relate a story. Absolutely. Um, back in the beginning of March, I met my friend Stephanie Guzman. You've met her before uh, at a couple of potlucks. You'd recognize her if you saw her. Um, I met her at the Met one morning. It was during the week, like a Tuesday morning. And I said, let's go to the Met early in the day. She lives in Washington, uh, in uh, the South Bronx, because it would be a little bit less crowded. For whatever reason, she thought I said the MoMA, so she went to the MoMA. So, oh. so I said to her, okay, I'll hang out on the ground floor of the Met and walk around. And I've been to the Met probably like 35 times in my life. Anyway, to make a long story short, I did not take a map with me around the gallery. Nice. I knew I had to get back and see her at some point because it just had like crappy cell phone service. Yeah. But I realized very quickly that I had been to the Met enough that I knew my way around without using a map. Mm-hmm. And that even if I was in a room somewhere that I didn't recognize, I was always like one or two quick turns away from being like, oh, the arms and armor, you know, mm-hmm. like knowing yeah, exactly yeah. where I was. And because I wasn't constantly either looking at a map or worried about where I was or whatever, it's almost like an interview with a vampire. Mm. You know, when, yeah. when he becomes the vampire and he sees the world all of a sudden and like the statues turn and look at him and they... Being in the Met in, you know, the term Gestantum's work, which is like art in totality, it's, you know, a, a Bauhaus term. The Met is a, a perfect example of that, where like the room is tied into what's in the room. And the building oh. is tied into the room, you know, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like layered, circular thing. Walking around that museum that day without the map and trusting that I knew where I was, mm. suddenly instead of worrying about where I was... It was like, wow, look at everything that's here. I wasn't yeah, looking yeah. in. I was looking out. Yeah, you're and like... And suddenly I could see so much because yeah. of that. Anyway. Like, like you notice like a new piece of art you wouldn't have noticed before. Yeah. Yeah. And just even like you were saying, the vibe, the energy it's, of, of the rooms because they're set up the way. Yeah, but yeah. even... It's just a microcosm for life. Like, yeah. trust that even if you're lost in this moment, you're like one or two steps away from yeah. being like, oh, I'm totally regaining my center now. Yeah. I know where I am. Yeah. Um, yes. Switching gears for a second. Let's do it. It's October. Yeah, the best time. The best time. I happen to agree with that. What is it about Halloween, about the macabre, about the snickering and the wearing of the, 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 the costume... I'm assuming that's always appealed to you ever since you were a little girl. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I've always, re- well, it's many, many layers, but one that I was thinking about that I want to talk about is the, well, alternatives, AKA goth culture has like a fascination with Halloween and the macabre. And I guess my attraction to it when I was a teen and today is many, many different reasons, but one is... Uh, I one of my values is kind of like pushing for the underdog in a way Um, and when I say the underdog I mean things that 
aren't uh, like popular or entirely understood. So when I said earlier um, how current culture is like addicted to happiness and to fulfillment, um, I like to play the underdog in that sense, especially with the neon black talking about like, like I said, mental health. Um, because I feel like people, well, one, ment- in some ways mental health is stigmatized, right? Like, um, I, I have anxiety and it's, it's taken me a long time to one, recognize that and two, to like openly say that, um, it's, because you as the person and the outside world view that almost as a weakness um when it's when it's not it's not it's, it's just not. a thing and yeah I, yeah and um and so basically i feel like because we're obsessed with happiness and fulfillment anytime you're not pursuing that it's almost like a not bad but like feeling bad basically is bad this is what common wisdom is and um i don't i've i've recently evolved from that thinking and i don't agree with that like uh fear interestingly enough actually um isn't always bad it actually has like a good purpose sometimes oh yeah um fear is what why you and i are here it's how our ancestors survived and escaped being mauled by bears you know what i mean right and um it's it's not something to like run away from or like hate so okay going back to your original question my interest in that is again like topics that like are not as understood um and i just want to dive into that stuff um and i feel like halloween and and alternative culture what I was talking about earlier talks about uh, themes of like death and decay, which I think are also things that people are like, whoa, you're fucking weird. What is that? Like, why? Um, to be honest, I'm not really sure why Like, I find that interesting. Um, I have a fox skull in my apartment here. Um, I, I'm wearing actually a... Uh, a necklace with like a, um, a human skull on it. Um, and I'm not really sure what the fascination is with that. Um, I guess it has to do also with, again, that same theme of like, I don't know. I don't know. Is there something about I'm not sure. wearing <laughs> a mask that's freeing um, in that way? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there's definitely... It's more... That's a really good point that I've not actually thought about. But there is... There is something really interesting about that. Like, I guess with my my fashion blog, too. um, For me, clothing is how you express your identity sometimes. Or, like, clothing is a way how you... Um, convey like a message to someone else Um, so like for example in the late 1970s early 1980s um, punks 
would um i think the they dress up in a certain way because of what was available to them and also because of um like what they believed in but i wouldn't be surprised if like punks back then dressed that way too to like uh intimidate people or to like yeah like send a message like yo i'm not like you don't get near me like fuck off like right but that's also that's a garden too in that way yeah yeah so i find that really fascinating um i guess halloween is just the magnification of that i guess on my everyday life it's kind of like that on a macro level Mm -hmm. like um who do i like what part of lena can i be today sometimes i'll dress very comfortable and and not give a damn and that's more of the chill version of me that i want to like uh embrace and then some days I'll wear like an, a really like an All Saints dress, which is like I think like almost two hundred dollars, and I'll wear like a blazer on top and like black moto uh, boots, and I want to be more like chic and like sophisticated and like uh, ninja like ninja looking. Sure. Um, but yeah, Halloween is definitely like that on steroids. I think. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think you know it's interesting. For one, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking about the way you dress and your personality and how singular you are. Sure, I mean, you're wearing plaid. I like plaid too. Like, a lot yeah. of people like plaid, but that's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But like, no, but it's like you the as, like, way you wear it, right? Right. It's the way you wear it. It's how you combine it with a lot of things or the accessories or the way you walk, the way you talk, the, yeah. way, you, you, the way you hold eye contact with somebody. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have an opportunity to be truly ourselves at all moments, especially with how we project ourselves to the world. Mm -hmm. Because you're right in the sense that if we spend a lot of time looking inward, there's still things that we're projecting outward at all times. Mm. So like fashion and the singularity of your fashion Mm. says like this is Lena in that Mm -hmm. way. And there's still multifacets to that as well. Yeah. So going back to what you were saying, like tribe, tribal leadership, uh, Basically, clothing is the modern rendition of, like, tribal wear. Yeah, like, a punk rock crew is a tribe. Is a tribe, exactly. And it's a signal to other members of your tribe, wherever they are, to be like, yo, I'm, we're in the same... Now that I think about it, my, that's what my blog is. And that's what my greeting card thing is. It's, it's a signal to be like, yo, we're in the same thing. Like let's yeah let's do it um yeah that's interesting that is interesting yeah i don't know if personally i have thought about um i think maybe the way i dress it's not like hey we're the same it's more like you know we're not the same (laughs) it's like but that's like some ego inside of me that's like and that's not true either, yeah. you know, like it's not really true. I don't know. Uh, and But I, I, was, I was, originally the point I was going to make was growing up, I've always loved Halloween also because, for instance, I'm going to go as 1980s Freddie Mercury for Halloween. Oh my God, that's awesome. And it's like, I'm so excited to be a somewhat androgynous mustache wearing man. Dude, that's so amazing. Although a coworker was like, people are just going to think you're an Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's who you are anyway. And I was like, 
oh yeah, I guess that's true. Guy in a white undershirt with a mustache is kind of like an Italian guy. You know, like, oh, but I'll have to put some flair on it. Maybe you, know? you like you you can sing like Freddie Mercury songs. Oh, yeah, that's going right, right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Anyway, um, we're kind of like winding down here a little bit, and it's funny how, you know, when like when you just start talking. 50 minutes goes by and yeah. you're like, Can we wow. talk more? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, let me ask you. Today, what is today? October 15th, 2016. What's going on in the present tense for you? What's on your mind? How are you feeling? Like, where are you? Um, oh, man. Um, I'm feeling good overall. Um, I think a lot of the things that the spinning plates in my life are now coming together and solidifying and you definitely seem that way like Thank you. who you are today yeah yeah um uh yeah in in general so that's that's kind of where i'm at in general um i recently started a new job i think about 3 or 4 months ago um and it's been really great um, I think something that helped with that is identifying like what my, must I absolutely have in this next job. Um, I feel like I, it, after thinking about it for a while, like you spend more, more time there than like with your loved ones. Yeah. So, 40 plus hours a week. Exactly. Right? So I, I was like, I told myself like the next place I'm going, I need, like, I'm going to write a list of like things, like my top I think I had a, like a list of like top five things that I needed. Um, one was like a, a positive work culture, people who are who are positive. Um, I think actually the number one was having like a great manager, um, which I, I don't know if it's like emphasized enough in like the working world, but having a great manager is. I think the difference between like your team succeeding and not. Um, so I was like, okay, I need like a great manager. And what is a great manager for me? For me, it's someone who um, I feel like I can share my thoughts with freely. Um, they're empathetic, as in they are under like they they see reality as it is, yeah. I guess. They're not a walking ego. Yeah. Um, yeah, like humble. Um, and just uh, like a partner. That's another thing too. I think since our wall breakers thing, I'm like more like, okay, I like, I need a partner in like different areas. Um, definitely like a partner, like someone who like, I know I can trust and I'm like, yo, I can't handle this right now. Can you like work on it or, or, like help me through it and I think that's been really really important anyway long story short got started in the the new job and it's actually a lot of those things which is awesome um it's a nonprofit called the future project everybody check it out I will have links to it yeah um yeah super super great place um and uh what else um me me and the boyfriend moved in and that's been really awesome um, I, like the current apartment we're in is beautiful. I never would have imagined like a year ago I'd be in like a really nice place like this. 
Um, I, I think we just got lucky, but also we, as soon as we saw it, we're like, okay, this is ours. Like, no questions asked. Well, Let's what do is it. luck when preparation meets opportunity? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yes. <laughs> um, what else? Um, yeah, and I started the Black Letter Company. Um, I am a little bit of a perfectionist, which I'm trying to, like, work on for real to, like, not do that. But... Um, I've had a soft launch. I had a soft launch like two, three weeks ago. Um, now, at, are these custom made or you're making things and then people can select them? Um, uh, they're, they're printed through um, a print shop in Queens, actually. Okay. Um, and then uh, they're sent to me. And then I hand package them and give them a little love. Usually I write a handwritten letter to show my appreciation for the customers um and i add like little really nice like touches to the packaging and i ship it um i i like doing i find interestingly enough uh the part that i dreaded the most when i started this was actually shipping i find that i like that the most because i just really like um, well, I, when I package stuff for like the customers, I like do it very lovingly with like a lot of care and like that makes me feel good. And it shows. Yeah. And, you know, I feel proud that I get to like send this out to someone and I don't know, there's just some sense of gratification in that. Um, yeah, I hope I still feel that way. <laughs> like in year, a couple years from now when I'm, when I'm doing more of that stuff well i think you will have had the confidence to be pivoting as you go right yeah that's another thing like that's another thing that's been on the top of my head it's just like i've pivoted so much <laughs> like i'm a i've been a designer like i wanted to be a designer um graphic designer since like i was a teenager but inside of that i've pivoted so much mm-hmm. and this this thing is another pivot sure and i used to feel like bad about it i'm like oh man like i'll take i'll start like lots of side projects that never like complete but now i'm more like you know that's fine like maybe one day something will stick or maybe something won't stick like judging myself for my desire to explore is just not fair no and yeah. that also just prevents you from exploring yeah you think you're putting expectations on things. Exactly, yeah. I also think... Um, I think you and I are living in... Of course, we're living in a time that's like no other, but because that's what everybody's said in, since the beginning of time in oh, that yeah. present tense, right? But like now is really special. Right. And so the old way of find a stable job, you know, get a house, save for retirement, that stuff's going away oh, yeah. rapidly. In, in like, in front of us. And it's causing us to pivot more. You know yes. what I mean? And it's taken me a long time to not even fear, like, family judgment about pivoting. Like, you got to put roots down. And yeah, it's like, yeah. well, I'm going to try. Yeah. And that's the only thing I can say to you. I'm not going to say, like, I'm going to try to put roots down. I'm just going to try. Yeah. I'm just going to try at life and continues to try at life until yes. something sticks. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good point. I think... Like, especially for millennials, like us, who are, like, in our late 20s, or approaching our early 30s now, 
um, this is, and the generation after us will probably be pivoting a lot. It's a brutal yeah. environment, like yeah. financially. It, it really is. is. And also, like, the nature of work is changing. We were talking about this beforehand, mm-hmm. where, like, um, remote work is slowly becoming more of, like, a not commonplace thing, but, like, more and more people are being open to it. Um, there's that. Other companies other nations are becoming, you know, prosperous and and labor for them and what that means for them. Um, artificial intelligence, like there's going there might be a point where you know I I personally think like creative jobs like basically artists is something that like artificial intelligence can't replace, but at some point, like maybe a lot, a handful of jobs will be automated. Like, what do you, what, what do you, I, I listen to like a lot of science podcasts too, and they've been talking too about even money. Like, um, if artificial intelligence does basically do everything for us, like what, what is left? Like, what do you, how do you make money? They were even saying like, maybe everyone um, has like a, stipend or something like uh, like money given to them every month um another like podcast i was listening to yesterday was the idea of one removing cash um two at some point even like nothing having like a cost or something it's insane but anyway long tangent but if you think about it what paper money is is a replacement for say gold bullion yeah. So gold bullion is a natural resource that is precious. Yeah, like there's a finite amount right. of it which makes exactly. it valuable. Right. Yeah. So but even that, if you like prior to there being paper money, wampum trading or like, hey, I have ten calves, yeah. you have ten chickens. Yeah, like I'll give you two calves for two chickens. You exactly, know, like, so, right. Like, that's how you traded stuff. Yeah. Also, and this is not this is something that came to my attention recently because I was part of a panel discussion at the new school listening oh, I wasn't awesome. part of it as a speaker oh. I was just there to take notes which was awesome and one of the gentlemen was asked about the future of money and he said is there a future in money oh. he said there are essentially six trillion dollars worth of markers for one trillion dollars worth of money in the world and he said so there's only one trillion dollars in the world but speculation has six trillion dollars worth of debt centered around that and he said so at some oh, point geez. that's just gonna run out he's yeah. like you gotta essentially he was saying the the first world alexander hamilton debt-based economics it's time for that to evolve yeah like that was an evolution at that point in time yeah now it's time for that to evolve oh, into yeah. something else oh yeah um to wind it back in Basically everything or a lot of things that was the foundation of like our lives is like the internet changed everything. Yeah, it needs to change or is changing currently as we speak. And um, I, and most of the and now this is a bigger tangent, but yeah, go for most it. Most of the issues <laughs> I'm seeing in the world are some people wanting to pivot and some people desperately wanting to hold on. Yes, and that's what it is. Yeah. Like, I think the election is, like, a perfect example where um, 
there's a lot of like conversation around like these two parties that have been around for a long time are they even like why are we still using a party system yeah or are they even reflective of like the current population now even or like why don't we have a third party um or some parties should dissolve like you know basically like a like a restructuring of like politics yeah well and if you talk about fear yeah uh, the state of the American country. And oh, it's yeah. hard for me to speak about. Like I'm not, I'm not from London. I don't live in England. You know, yeah. so it's hard for me to, to feel. I'm not an insider there. I'm an insider here. Yeah. You know? Especially that we're in New York, and I do believe that New York leads the world. Whether yeah. Or not right. the rest of the world wants to admit yeah. it. I believe that as Sorry, New York. Sorry, guys. What awesome. <laughs> no, but I I do believe as New York goes, the rest of the world goes in a lot of ways. Because let's say. I mean, this is, if we're talking fears, the world, in my opinion, has never been the same since 9-11. Yeah. And it's now that we're 15 plus years removed from that, that enough time has gone by where you can actually look at it and go, wow, things really did change that day. Oh, yeah. You know, not talking about whoever was behind it or, you know. Yeah. That, not to comment about that. More about like... Just the state of the world then and the state of the yeah. world now. It's a different place. It is. And it does seem like there's a lot more fear in the world today. Oh, yeah. Like, definitely, like, paranoia specifically. Like, paranoia, again, going back to, like, the unknown, right? Like, um, paran- which is why I think they're... Oh, well, legitimately, it could be ignorance, too. And it could be an attachment, like you said, to, like, refusing to let go right. of things. Fear-based. Well, fear is generally what causes any kind of ignorance, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, the paranoia. So, like, not trusting your neighbors. Like, not trusting, you know, an immigrant or a minority. Um, yeah. What you said earlier when you are in a certain kind of mindset and that mindset is nobody understands me i'm the outsider that that's the one that's the same thing as not trusting the neighbor right how could they and i be alike you know it's like well do they love people do they have kids you know like yeah do they want semblance of inner peace like yeah probably somewhat similar yeah yeah that's a really good point i didn't connect those but yeah, that's... Oh my God, that blew my mind. I'm going to think about that more. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then along those lines, we just talked about you know, what's in the present tense for you here in October. How far down the road are you planning in 2016 at this point in your life? Um, you know, Are you just taking things one day at a time? How, what kind of machinations are you setting up? I know you're just starting a project where it's a labor of love and you have a, another labor of love. And you mentioned a few minutes ago about, will I still feel this way in a year or... Yeah. But it seems to me like just my impression of you at this moment, and part of that could be my perspective, but as in the way I think about the world now, you're trusting where you're at in the present tense and you're taking things one day at a time. Uh, yeah, it's a combination of the two. Um, I would say lately... Yeah, I'm, I am taking things one day at a time. <clears throat> I had a really trying summer. So now, like in the 
fall and winter, I'm probably gonna like, you know, chill and Netflix sort of stuff. Um, but knowing me, I like, I need to like make stuff or work towards something. I don't know what that's about, but I like always need to like push things for me. Um, so yeah, I guess the long term with this, with the Neon Black and Black Litter Co., is um well short term i would love to pay off my student loans like i i would love to like get that off the plate um i don't know if that's going to happen right away probably not but that's the target i'm i'm shooting for at least for right now um in the meantime of while i work on black letter co so i would i would love to my, I guess my dream job situation is uh, just me at, like me growing Black Letter Co. and eventually um, expanding them, making that bigger, um, possibly start networking with um, like shops, stationery companies, um, or other other people within the niche I'm in. So like that that company I was telling you before who makes like beautiful Ouija boards do something like a collaboration or something with them basically to like expand the net um that way more people hear about it and more people like start buying more products and I I would just be happy like working for myself and and or working with a team of people on this um but like making, making cool stuff and having people appreciate it. And yeah, that, that's my, I guess, long-term goal. Um, I think once I get the ball rolling more, um, I'll have like more specific things to do. But, um, for right now, that's, that's where I'm at. It's like a combination of the two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like bullet points, basically. Yeah. What do you want to plug for me? What do I want to plug? Um, Thewallbreakers.com. Everyone check it out. It's awesome. Um, what do I want to plug? Um, check out Black Letter Co. Um, Can you spell that just in case? Yes. Um, so the URL is uh, black-letter.co. Um, and that's... B dash not slash right dash yeah like the like line, a hyphen yeah hyphen yeah so B L A C K dash or hyphen uh, L E T T E R dot C O okay and <coughs> that should take you to my shop please like my shop please buy something from the shop <laughs> if you can't do either just check it out and tell your friends um. And then there's my my fashion bloggy blog, um, and it's called the Neon Black. If you you can um, type in Instagram.com/slash/theneonblack. Um, that's about it. Um, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate this. Yeah, this awesome. was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
Gina, thank you so much for inviting me to your apartment. You and Eugene have a wonderful place. Thank you for making me lunch. Thank you for sitting and being so open with me. I respect that so much. I appreciate your time. I value your point of view. And I hope that you guys really enjoyed this conversation. I found it to be a very self-aware chat that when I listened back to the recording, I found that there really wasn't anything to edit out. Early in the Breaking Walls series, I was doing such heavy editing on any kinds of pauses, dead air, and any kinds of things that I felt like were audio imperfections or conversation imperfections. But, you know, life is imperfect as we got into in this conversation. And lately I've been finding that when I listen back to these chats and I really don't edit them very much at all, they feel more genuine to me. It's how two people sitting across from each other would have a conversation whether or not it happened to be recorded at that moment. As Lena said, check her out, blackletter.co, the neon black. I'll have all of Lena's links with the article that's in conjunction with this podcast. Also, if you look at the information feed in this podcast, whether you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, you'll see the URLs that Lena wants you to check out. Please do. I was looking at some of the greeting cards that she was making, and it's something that I know she's been doing for the last few years or had a passion and wanted to do. And they're beautiful, Lena. Keep doing them. Keep breaking those walls. You got this. I know you do. And as far as all you guys and gals out there, I want to thank you for listening. I'm going to bring one more podcast to you this month. I want to push to try to get to a number 50 by the end of the year or the beginning of next year. And I'd love to do something large centered around this. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is Breaking Walls episode number 43. And that's something that I'm proud of. It feels like We've got a real podcast here after 43 episodes. And if you've got any kind of feedback, if you've got any kind of constructive criticism here in the month of fear, don't be afraid to tell me, please. I want to hear it. I want to get better. I always want to be making progress and being more self-aware and being a better friend, a better mentor, a better employee, a better you name it. It reminds me of a piece of advice I once heard in second hand. If you've ever seen The Endless Summer, which is a surfing documentary by Bruce Brown, one of the people featured in the end of the summer is a guy named Robert August, who was a huge professional surfer, whose father, Blackie August, was one of the early pioneers in surfboard equipment and surfing on the California coast. Blackie gave his son the advice one day. He said to him, if you work really hard now, eventually you'll be able to have a lot of fun later. But if you are never willing to go balls to the wall and work as hard as you need to or feel like you should be working now, then you'll never be able to have anything more than a little bit of fun because you'll always be behind the eight ball. The more I age, the more I grow, the more I move forward in this world, the more that piece of advice makes more sense to me. So if you've got that great work ethic in order, good for you. Keep it going. If you feel like maybe you could push things a little bit harder, hey, reach out to me. I might have some ideas that we can bounce off of each other and how to get those passions going so it doesn't feel like work. It feels like life. Here in the month of October, guys, while you still can, regardless of whether you're in a warm weather climate or a cool weather climate, I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you're breaking those walls because keep getting out there, guys. Keep breaking those walls. My name is James Scully. This has been Breaking Walls episode number 43. And until next time, I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you very much.